Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. A slightly hairless on my face, Tax Williams. Absolutely the, the beardless, Tax Williams. The beard has gone. It's unusual. I'm not used to seeing it. I've never seen you like this. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, instant regret. <laughs> really? But I'm playing what can I be described as a corporate game. I think it suits you, man. I think you've got it down. Yeah. If, in like, Looking directly at my face, it's fine. But if I turn 90 degrees, it's a case of, bloody hell, what's that chin? <laughs> oh, mate. Sorry. What are those chins? Why Plural. Do you, why do you think I have this like <laughs> sloppy facial hair that looks like a 12-year-old trying to grow it? You know? I mean, in fairness, in the entire time we've done this podcast, that's you haven't shaved. Uh, no, it, <laughs> it's just, grown it just well. sits at this like medium <laughs> length constantly. It never gets long. It never like a short. It just just sits here, you know. My face anyway. now, aren't I? Got to be clean cut, <laughs> white meat baby face. <laughs> Literally a baby face. <laughs> so today we are doing part two of our WWF's Ministry of Darkness 1999 trilogy, the pilot episode of WWF SmackDown. But before we get into this amazingly shit episode of television, <laughs> joking, it's not so bad. Um, it's been what a week in professional wrestling we have had. We've got our first AW World Champion, and he immediately has the belt stolen. <laughs> <laughs> and now found. And then now found, found, apparently. And did you see how much it was reported that the oh, value of the belt? $100,000. What? Jericho just has no too much money to, to not care. Oh, Incredible. I'm just going to go and eat in this uh, steakhouse in Tallahassee. Go and switch the luggage, please, driver. Not Omaha State. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, messed up. Like, well, oh, the, we've had that whole OWUK thing's been delayed. Well, you know, the OWUK thing, obviously, I've, I have... I consider myself to have close ties with this and sure. sort of Sean you McMahon did. and Jay Apter. You um, can explain what you did. Um, so obviously I was lined up to do um, commentary. For you the, did the first how many episodes? I on? did the first eight episodes on uh, Nothing Else on TV, sure. um, which is uh, Sean McMahon's streaming platform. I did one of them. You did? Well, hey. Actually, you did two. Oh, I you did, did two. You did two because we, uh, we did the uh, Dragon ch- Tournament as well. My, my brief career as a professional <laughs> wrestling commentator for China. For China. For China. I build for China. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, how's that steel coming on, Trump? <laughs> anyway. Let's carry on. about China steel? <laughs> um, so I was penciled in to do commentary for their UK tour, which had been held at the Dome, and then um, uh, up in Liverpool for their five-night show. Hmm. Um, things went a little bit quiet on that front um obviously speaking to people close to it as always with anything with professional wrestling there seems to be a lot of political jockeying and earlier today um sean mcmahon and japter have resigned from their roles from OWUK, forcing what um earlier posts have said a cancellation of it those posts have since been deleted yeah. and have been replaced with the the, sh- the tour has not been cancelled it's just been postponed God bless the internet for screen capping all those tweets yeah. and stuff before they were deleted. Um, and, I mean, I feel sorry for the fans and for the wrestlers who sure. have been caught up in this political game. Because, mm. obviously, the people who have been behind OWUK trying to put this together have worked tirelessly. But, obviously, you know, where you don't see all the conversations, all the dialogue, you don't know 100%. But you've now got lots of British talent, lots of international talent now without five days worth of work where they would have turned down bookings. Sure, sure. And more importantly, the fans who have booked tickets for these shows, this is all up in the air because they're saying the show's been postponed. So if they cancel it, great, we've got the refund. But they're going to say, oh, it's postponed and we'll probably issue details about refunds once we've announced the new shows. And if you've booked, I mean, I was lucky because I was going to book my own accommodation. 
mm-hmm. for this because I'm an, an upper middle class twat and I want to stay somewhere <laughs> nice with a penthouse. <laughs> um, but I didn't do it because uh, I was a little bit, oh, I'll wait till the time. I know it's cheaper of a book now. It's that experience coming through, mate. Yeah. You <laughs> uh, d- until you get the booking, until you get the contract, don't book anything. Too right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the fans who have lost out a lot of money trusting a brand new promotion. But all I'll say to anyone listening to this who follows or would have been going to OWUK shows or just support your local indie because there's so much talent. Not, I mean, obviously, you can you can go to your Progress, your ICWs, your Fight Clubs, Kamikaze Pros getting a good life, Riptide's obviously running really well. Yeah. But you've got so many smaller promotions knocking around probably down the road from where you are. Just go and support them. Their tickets are normally like between five and ten quid. It's always a good atmosphere. Yes, support new promotions, but if you really want to support Brit Rest, you really want to support indie wrestling, wherever you listen to us from, just go to a local show. Sure, man. Someone uh, clipped that whole bit and sent it to Meltzer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and then we'll all celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> so there was also the issue of the North London Derby this week, my friend. Well, luckily it was a draw, <laughs> so we could continue to do this podcast. What a derby it was, and we don't hate each other. We did. We almost we hate each other for like ninety minutes. Well, I hate you for ninety minutes. I, 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 there's no <laughs> hatred. The message you sent me was like, "My God, this is aggressive." <laughs> I'll probably best not watch the football. I can't help it, mate. What can I say? <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So this debut episode of SmackDown, the pilot episode, was taped on Tuesday, the twenty seventh of April, nineteen ninety nine, the day after episode one of the trilogy we just did, which was Raw of. But it was broadcast on Thursday, the 29th of April, 1999, on UPN. Do you know what UPN stands for? Uh, no, but it was on the because it, it's part of CW, wasn't it? In the states, it, it became CW. Oh, okay. So um, it was two companies that came together. It was UPN and someone that ended up making um, CW. Okay. There's lots of this in American media culture. They tend to be one or two companies that are kind of doing okay, but they can't compete with the big boys, and so therefore they end up merging into one. Like with um, Time Warner and everything yeah. else, you know, there's been so many examples of that. But a UPM is, if you knew the initials, I think it might have done better because it has more, um, more gusto, more, what's the word I'm looking for? President behind it yeah. almost? Precedent? Precedent, yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, United Paramount Network. Oh, I wonder if Paramount's got anything to do with this. Exactly. And United as well, which is a huge thing, you know? Like, but but at, the, at the time when um, they piloted SmackDown and then before they got their full sort of episodic TV on them later in uh, tw- uh, 1999, yeah. um, UPN was, I think it was like number five or the number six network. So essentially it would be the equivalent in this country of Channel 5. They had some really good shows on there. They had Everybody Hate C- Hates Chris. Did okay. you see that? No. Uh, it was like kind of Chris Rock, who's a oh, okay, comedian, yeah. did a show about his childhood, which is genuinely funny. It was really, really good. And there's like five or six other shows that are really good. And the CW puts out some good stuff nowadays as yeah, well. Yeah, the OC. Yeah. it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they like, you know, a, 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 a stable in WWE? Yeah, right it's now. AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Misha Barton, and Carl uh, Anderson. <laughs> So this was filmed in New Haven Coliseum, which is in New Haven, Connecticut, as Shane puts it later in the show, about 35 minutes down the road from their house. Again, Stephanie's got college, so she's got to have bookings when she's at home. Of course. I was thinking, I I did make a note, but I think Steph was 23 at this age. Oof. But she, I mean, she looks pretty damn cool at this at this point. But like, she plays a much younger person. You're thinking like 16, 17 year old, how she's playing, how she's dressed, yeah. how she's acting to with Vince and how she's acting with The Undertaker as well. I mean, we should probably get into this later, but fuck it, let's do it now. Um, I think this is very smart by Vince, I'm assuming, who controls this, because Vince controls fucking everything. Um, in but that- not NXT. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, 
in that by having Steph as a 23-year-old looking like a young person with no makeup, very conservative kind of dressed, that when she marries Triple H and does the big turn, she comes out like a hussy the next night. Yeah. It's really, really smart, that pre-planning. like as You can see a lot of that this time. Yeah, and again, it's a very much a case of who's in charge of this booking? Well, obviously, Vince is going to book his family, so it's going to have a lot of no, forethought put into it. Sure. So for the first episode of SmackDown, do you, have you heard who was booking it? This because this was just post Russo and Ferrara or were Russo and F- no Russo no. and Ferrara were here and that's why they left because yeah. they didn't want to write two lots of TV. Russo leaves in October and Ferrara goes with them. So this is more oh, this is April. This is April still. So we've still got quite a time yeah. with Russo events and I believe Ferrara and kind of Cornette's floating around. Cornette is on the verge of going back to Louisville. Yeah, and and Pat Patson was involved in these like table meetings around the pool. Wasn't Makes it, a lot of time? sense. Yeah, sure. So um, the highlight package opens the show uh, from the going-ons on the Raw that we just reviewed yeah. in episode one. So go back and listen to that if you want to know what happened. Um, Austin saves Steph from the Black Wedding with The Undertaker is basically... Nice day for a Black Wedding. <laughs> That's basically the yeah. story coming into this. So, I mean, immediately you're like... <laughs> that music oh yes please it's so good i love the way it kind of pause and goes <laughs> it's so classic man i was so disappointed like we uh sort of touched on the end of last week's but i'm still disappointed we didn't get the smackdown fisting oh yeah <laughs> on the entrance ramp it, it is just the raw set but just yeah. a bit more blue and it's like you can see them trying to make changes because the pyro at the beginning doesn't go off across the ramp and like around the arena and shit. It's just isolated, like to spooty yeah. silver pyro, like just around the ring. What do you think about this? That was nitro. That was nitro pyro at the time, though, wasn't it? That's it what I was thinking. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, this reminds me a lot about a shitty Thunder production. Yeah. But Thunder was terrible. Yeah. Like, it was never good. Thunder never really had much pyro anyway. Yeah. For, for the time... This is comparable to Raw. Yeah. Sure, it's almost the same show Same level. Me. Yeah, same level as Pyro. Same entrance way at this time. But as you said, as we know, when they got live, I think it's like in the fall of 2019 is when they started having their proper SmackDown set. Yeah. They didn't have the blue ropes. No, it was this just show. It was the same just ring, wasn't it? Standard exactly ring, yeah. just a different graphic, which still, looking back at the computer games from the SmackDown computer games, just having sure. that blue and black background... Oh, yes, doing, please. Doing research into looking up stuff that happened for this first SmackDown, the amount of stuff you come across that's about the video game instead. Yeah. It's astonishing. It's really difficult to kind of cipher through to find information you want to but find. But I also think a lot of the time, because um, obviously while this is on the network as the, the first episode, this is never deemed the first SmackDown because it's the first yeah. SmackDown is deemed the one where The Rock comes out, goes for the belt in the main event, and it's The Rock Show SmackDown, whereas yeah. at this show it's a case of... We're going to get a bit of a merge. Sure. This is definitely a pilot. It's an ex- a pilot, obviously, if you don't know, um, to listeners, I'm sure you know, uh, is like an example of what could we produce and what, how the networks feel about it. And then they'll decide whether they want to book that show, essentially. Yeah. UPN loved this show. Absolutely adored it. Did you get what the rating was? It's a five point eight, wasn't it? Yeah, which is high, but not the highest. It wasn't raw high, but for a Thursday night on a new, on a essentially the number five network cable yeah yeah it's not broadcast nationally so um upn was only available in certain areas of yeah. the country i couldn't say where because you know, we're not american we don't know the shit i tried looking it up but it's very difficult to yeah. find this information oh it's in the video game <laughs> sure, exactly <laughs> yeah so michael cole boo welcome to the show 
<laughs> he says, the WWF returns to network television tonight, and we're proud to be back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to WWF Smackdown. This place is jacked, and WWF fans are pumped here on UPN. Michael Cole, Jim Cornette at ringside. Vince McMahon wrote that. Yep. Pumped. <laughs> jacked. Yeah, obviously. At some point, someone goes, hey, Vince, have you heard this song, Great Balls of Fire? Save it for another 17 years, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I know I listened to a, a shoot with Cornette a little bit about this first episode. His clips on YouTube. Uh, he wanted to go home to Louisville. He had his stuff booked. He had his house ready to go. He was leaving Connecticut, and literally Vince went to him. Uh, we need you to be the experienced voice to sit next to Michael Cole because he's shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's already because all those experienced voices left WWE, and now Michael Cole. Could- oh shit! But you think about who's doing the backstage interviews here. They've got Kevin Kelly employed. They never really liked Kevin Kelly, though, didn't they? Idiots! He's so good! But considering that, you know, if you look through the time of WWE commentary, and if you think that for the for the 90s into the early 2000s, you had JR. Yeah. Then they juggled about a bit, so obviously they had um, Mike Adam Lee. <laughs> they, oh, fuck me, yeah. They, they had the botched attempt at trying to sign Mike Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> this constant attempt to get sport guys rather than pro wrestling guys. Well, it's like they were going to get um, Todd Grisham to yeah. replace JR. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, Todd Grisham was like, I'm just going to go and do the UFC and uh, MLS. Yeah, sure, sure. It's a weird decision. I don't get it. Like, why not trust guys that are pro wrestling that understand how to sell the product and everything? I think the idea is they want to make it feel more like a sport. Like, people joke about Vince nowadays being like, oh, we can't have, like, ad- matches during the adverts. Like, other sporting events don't have sport yeah. during the adverts, you know? But it's it's not sport. It's, it's something be, completely unique. As this is uh, obviously on a SmackDown topic, I'm really interested to see what their presentation is going to be like on Fox for SmackDown. Yeah, I think it'll be huge. Yeah, but the thing is they can't do it. With, I mean, I like Tom Phillips as yeah. a commentator, but I can't imagine Fox going, Tom who? <laughs> True. But the thing with WWE now, nowadays is that they have a wealth of really good commentators. Yeah, just but, are they allowed to... I mean, basically, what they want to do is say, Hi, Mario Ronaldo. Yeah. Please, if you can, can you come and work Fridays? Because think about the MMA fans that are used to watching Fox for UFC and stuff yeah. in the past. They all know who Mario Ronaldo is. Yeah. You know? So there's, there's a link there, but it would be interesting to see how it happens, you know? But I, I don't think he'll go. I think the fact that he'd sit there because he gets to go live on NXT. Yeah. And again, you know, you've got McGuinness and you've got Beth Phoenix supporting. Yeah, but as you said, they've definitely got a, a, a vast depth of commentators now in WWE because that's how they go for their whole sports casting. They're looking at the ESPN sure. news team who can do the news slash reports throughout the day. But you look back to 1999, J.R. King, Cole, Cornette. That's pretty much it. And you've got Kevin Kelly sitting backstage Kevin Kelly, not doing very much, you know. Doc Hendricks very occasionally. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird calling him Doc Hendricks, Doc, even though that's how I knew him as a kid. Doc you know? Hendricks with his Simon Cow trousers in this episode. And his floatish white yeah. shirt, you know? Whoa, it's white? It's just like piss-coloured trousers, piss-coloured oh. shirt. There is that. <laughs> so immediately I spot a sign in the crowd that reads, this is a long one, okay? So people were effing in the 90s. <laughs> Road Dog, I'll let you see my puppies anytime. And in the other corner of the sign, it says, Badass. I think you mean Mr. Ass, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can look at my TNA as Wee. long as you want. And you're like, the references, boys. Just predicting the future. Well, if you're talking about predicting the future, did you pick up the other sign in the front row? Uh, I saw a few. The whole Jericho one. 69 days till Raw is Jericho. Yeah, that was smart. <laughs> and I was a bit like, what the fuck's Lance Storm doing in the crowd and holding a sign up for his buddy? It's some fucking Meltzer Mark sitting in the front row. Like, I'm going to spoil this for all the 12-year-olds. <laughs> but they hadn't even done the Millennium Countdown. No, this that is stage, a long they? time before Jericho stuff, you know. Anyway, so Steph and Vince come out, surrounded by security, no music. And no independent workers either. No, <laughs> obviously not. <laughs> As they get in the ring, there's more signs in the crowd that I'm immediately like, one says, show your puppy. And they're like, oh, so classy. The other one says, let's see those puppies. And they're like, for fuck's sake, boys. In fairness, though, at least, that, you know, they're persistent and not, not aggressive. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, can I see them? Are you sure? <laughs> okay, I get you, yeah. I promise I won't tell. Are you sure you don't want to show them? And then the final one going, are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Vince goes into his opening promo. Obviously, Vince has to open the first yeah, show. It's, it's a McMahon product, you know. Uh, he tries to cut a face promo. promo. The fans shit all over him halfway I, through. Yeah, so, uh, so I used to be one of those. <laughs> Vince handles it amazingly, I thought. Yeah, yeah. There's a really good job of going, yes, I made mistakes in my past. Like like a YouTuber giving an apology. Would you say, um, as we get back to this Vince McMahon promo, Mm. top five promo ever? As as in like promo givers, Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince. Oh, he's right up there, yeah. Top three? You think about the classic Austin and Brett promos and like, yeah. coming into that that ninety seven through to like two thousand five, I guess, where Vince is really strong on the mic. Yeah, I think he has missteps before and after that, but he has to be right up there with the very best. And if you think of sound bites for promos, Vince McMahon didn't screw Brett. Yeah. Brett screwed Brett. And if you think just. You know, he I would have written that so, himself. There's one at the end of this trilogy yeah. that we're not giving away yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, even just the way he acts and stuff, it's so over the top and so comical that it's perfect for pro wrestling. It's like when my dad goes, it, it's wrestling music. Like, he does wrestling acting. Yeah, you know, he's, he's the uh, antithesis of what everyone wants to kind of be like. Antithesis, that's the right word? Yeah, yeah it is. Because, I mean, he, everyone always, like, Vince McMahon always wanted to be Ric Flair. If he could have been a wrestler with the robes, the blonde hair, or the strutting, sure, he'd yeah. do it. And again, I'd always say Vince McMahon would always fall into my top five promo guys. Mm-hmm. Number one in that WWF, WWE music history for standback. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, we're on this subject. Who would be your best promo guy ever? Oh. Like, all pro wrestling ever? I mean, through what I've seen, Dusty. Dusty, Because okay. Dusty, nice. purely based on the fact that he needed one microphone to fill the house. Yeah. His promos brought people into the crowd. So from a business standpoint, Dusty, from my own personal preference, no, not Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's Punk. I think he's the best. Raven. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Raven and Punk are very mm. similar well, that's in terms of how they cut promos. That's because Raven took Punk under his wing because there was a whole yeah. shoot when Raven was in the UK and he did his little shoot info for RF videos. Is it yeah, RF videos? sure. And they had the um, the feud for that company that was in the north. I can't remember the name yeah, of it. Yeah, but they that that was probably the feud they had. Cause they had PW? Ooh, RPW possibly. 1PW. 1PW. I think it was 1PW. Ooh, maybe RPW was the people I did the shoot for. Anyway, but he did the, the video, uh, the shoot 
uh, interview and he was yeah. basically saying this guy CM Punk is a huge star but no one's ever taught him anything right okay. and then it's the whole thing that he taught Punk all the psychology stuff and it's like you can see that the whole idea how they both work and the the everything they do has a purpose yeah Scott Levy may have not been the greatest of workers but you know Johnny Polo sure. great manager yeah fucking A man so Vince's promo in the ring he thanks Ken Shamrock he thanks the big show he thanks Austin for saving Stephanie uh, Steph grabs the mic and into the fans like boo oh you're a fucking slut like oh for fuck's sake lads calm down it's a woman holding a microphone you know stuff the undertaker <laughs> there is all that from ringside yeah. man it's mental uh, Steph thanks all the lads too Every of time- course she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony of what we just said. <laughs> you saying that is great. Uh, every time the, any either of these people mention Austin, the crowd pops. He's the most over ever. It's, it's that, incredible. That's the thing looking back at now. I was saying to my wife as I was watching the rest of this earlier, I was like, I really worry sometimes doing this podcast that we watch things back that ruin the memory of professional wrestling for me when I was younger and takes away that warm, fuzzy feeling. But the pops that the big stars get, especially Austin, do not get that today. No, like Rock is seriously getting over now, but people don't trust him because of the heel turn from last year. Everyone believes and trusts in Austin. Yeah. Why they ever tried to turn him heel, I will never understand. And if you're thinking, this is now a continual two to three year pop sure and considering austin's career went on till 2003 i'm not sure was the wrestlemania 19 yeah. mm-hmm. was his last in-ring match so he only had really a, a six seven year run in wwe but considering that from 1996 yeah he was he, getting the i mean obviously he was starting to get pops and with wrestlemania 13 with brett but then to get these pops just mentioning his name in yeah. just some random arena in Connecticut. And you think about how Hogan was uh, the top guy in the prime time. I went on to do acting, as he calls it. <laughs> Look about um, our Santa with muscles back in the archive. Sure. And then Cena's the same. Like, Randy Savage is the same. Austin did a little bit of acting, but not really known for it like the other guys were. Are you I'd trying suggest? to tell me the Condemned shouldn't have won an Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's just amazing how over yeah. he is. Uh, Steph describes the ordeal that she went through, and any time there's the slightest inkling of some sort of sexual reference, like Undertaker held me like Whee! under my wall, the crowd's like, "Where are my boys? Yeah, get in there, <laughs> take her to the dark side." <laughs> it's so twisted. Um, yeah, she likes it twisted. Steph, Steph finishes the line by going, Undertaker, I hope you burn in hell. That that's stage, like, like a little uh, out of Mortal Kombat, Kane's head pops on the screen going, actually, that's me. <laughs> that's my gimmick. Stealing <laughs> gimmicks, yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, here comes Shane and the corporation. So we've got Boss Man, Triple H, China, the Green Witch Posse. <laughs> uh, the good old Green... <laughs> the Green Witch Posse. <laughs> or as they're now referred to on this show as the Mean Street Posse. Still without Joey Abs. Absolutely, dude. Because they didn't... <laughs> they needed people who could work in the future <laughs> but they talk about this on commentary like this is the streamlined corporation yeah and uh, they've obviously got this situation where they're like well we're gonna do what we're gonna do later in the show they've all had their lead. resignations at company's house <laughs> okay cool but we need other guys to have feud so let's get rid of shamrock let's get big show out of there test let's get out. test out of there so we can create these feuds right? it's, it's sensible i mean at this stage you're looking at it going wow what a faction triple h and some jobbers it, it's 
I'll say what I'm going to say later. Fuck it. Okay. It's my big point for the oh, end. Because oh, oh. we obviously can't discuss what happens on episode three of this trilogy, yep. but we can talk about this. So I'll get to be your big finale. Stay tuned, people. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane cuts an opulent, arrogant child promo, the privileged dickhead promo. Uh, Vince steps up to Shane, but Triple H and Steiner step in front of him. Steiner? China. Um, China. Oh my God. I'd <laughs> love it if Steiner had been in this. At this time period? Stephanie, I'm going to stick it up your ass. <laughs> So Shane has this line, right, which is genuinely pretty cool. You better get your attitude out of my face, Vince. Calls his dad by his name. Yeah. Like, oh, smart. Before I slap the wrinkles out of yours. And you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> really cool line. Uh, Vince calls Shane a petulant little boy as Shane sends them to the back. Uh, Vince and Steph, that is. Uh, Right, so uh, Shane sets up Austin and Rock versus Triple H and... Are there any takers out there? Wait. Blackout, take a promo on the Titantron, generic judge, jury, coroner, promo, bollocks. Uh, it's not great. I love the fact you've got judge, jury, execution. No, judge, jury, coroner. Well, that's what he says. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. So it'll be Rock and Austin versus Triple H and Taker. So this is the first time that Austin and Rock have ever teamed, I think. This also main eventing in Saudi Arabia in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wasn't thinking that, oh, it probably will be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you think about the opening promos and stuff? Do much for you? I thought it wasn't, um, I know I'm asking you as I'm telling you what I think. I think they should have done more about making this, this is our debut show, like have The Rock come out, cut a big promo, got to lay the smack down, this is the smack down. You know, I know they do it later for the proper series first show, yeah. but I think they missed an opportunity here. I think more so that we'll see as and as we go through this um this chapter two of this trilogy is that WWE took the took the route of we will further our storyline with this potential one off show. We think we'll get a decent rating, so we think that UPN are interested, so we're gonna get our episodic television, we're gonna get yeah. our version of Thunder. Because Thunder was still live at this time as their their second second show. There's something to be said that this show's only here because WW have Thunder. Yeah. And I'd say that this promo is purely just to forward, forward the main event story. That's it. You've got the McMahons out there front and center. Hmm. There's mention of Austin. So obviously wrestling fans have tuned in like Austin's going to be here. And those who are new to the product are going to go, why are they cheering this Austin guy? Let's yeah. see who he is later. Absolutely. So it's for a brand like if you would go to a, a independent show, you've set the scene, you've set the story for that individual show. Mm-hmm rather than going, here's our long-term three-month booking. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I said... Don't it, hate it. But if they go on to Fox and do this shit, they're fucked. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy to say the product seems to have come a long way. They need to open with Cesaro versus Walter on oh Fox. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That'd be so good. Move on to uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, two out of three falls. Yeah, I mean... If if pro wrestling is what they think is going to draw audiences in, that's going to be the best And then finish with do, the Brock really? Lesnar-Ronda Rousey sex show. <laughs> So we get some match <laughs> graphics for the upcoming night. We've got Kane and X Park versus Road Dog and mm, is it Mr. Ass or is it Billy Gunks? No one seems to fucking know on this show. Everyone's calling him Mr. Ass on Monday. It's Tuesday and everyone's like, oh, BA double crooked letter and all this sort of stuff. Network television. Mm, indeed. Oh, that might be why. There we go. We also get Boss Man versus Mankind because they weren't booked. And Bradshaw <laughs> versus Ken Chamrock leading off for their baseball bat swinging bollocks has happened of the pay-per-view and they're, they're Russo feud yeah exactly so 
J-E-double-F-J-A-double-O-E-double-T. Wow, it's double J on the fucking podcast again. He's <laughs> on every fucking episode. I, I have a horrible feeling he's on chapter three as well. <laughs> Guess what he's doing? Hmm. Is he walking around backstage by any chance? Fucking Russo. Uh, with Deborah and Kane Sam. Good old slap nuts. Yeah. Uh, Blue Blazer is also running around away from the camera backstage mysteriously. God, oh, it's good, isn't he? <laughs> Who? This is the Blue Blazer. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, Owen is one of my all-time favorites I've said many times before and like he he shines doing absolutely fuck all on this show I look forward to one day on the pod when we cover Wrestlemania 10 just for the finish of Mm. Owen coming out during the celebration it's a case of this is again the first real time they've had like a a heel-ish moment to take away the shine from the babyface who's won the main event of Mania just having Owen come out and his facial expressions like Oh, he's so angry at his big brother. It's so good. <laughs> okay, well, good. don't blow your load now. <laughs> Stick to this. But no, it's, well, I saw in heart. It's difficult to not blow your load on it. Go on, top line. Hello, <laughs> men. <laughs> Quite the face pop for Val Venus. Mm. He's really getting over. Like he's, He was a heel up until now, really. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, but, but and it's just the it's talent in the ring and Sean the jokes Morley was as well. really good in the yeah, ring as well, sure. wasn't he? Really good. So, uh, do you want to read the promo? I'll let you read it. <laughs> okay, let's hopefully I don't fuck this up. <laughs> Ladies, tonight I would like to. I'm not going to do his voice. Uh, oh, like disappointing. Valve. I can't do Valve. No, he's, he's got too much Tomra down here. You know, <laughs> he's got too much Tamatomra. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Ladies, tonight, I would like to invite each and every every one of you. I already fucked it up. Each and every one of you to invest in the big Valboski's mutual fund. You see, it's always up more than it's down and i can guarantee you vince wrote this promo uh, <laughs> with this fund there will never be an early withdrawal i mean it's really good he's promoting investment banking <laughs> not one of his best sexual puns but it's pretty good but in my mind at that stage i thought oh i should probably check my isa <laughs> with my boner i think mine's got a three quid in there right now so yeah uh Jarrett comes out with deborah Cole on commentary explains that this was meant to be Val versus Owen. Uh, this is the point where I just remembered that they didn't do this commentary live. No, they did it post, didn't they? They did it post. So you can blatantly hear Vince over the corner of like, over the shoulder yeah. of my Cole saying, say this now, read this now, you know, with Jim yeah. Cornette going, what if you did it like this? You know, and you can feel that Michael Cole is not comfortable. But this is the, the whole thing that it's always been before SmackDown went live again. They, yeah. went, off and they went off to New York to do the the overdubs it's why uh, Jim Ross didn't want to do Smackdown yeah he was like I'm not going to sit with Vince telling me to say things 20 times and also that's the reason why Bradshaw was champion for so long because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays well, there we go cheers Paul <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett cuts a promo explaining that he's the replacement for uh, um, Owen yeah because it was meant Hart. to be Owen in this match wasn't it yep the Blue Blazer immediately slides into the ring jumps Val and we got our first match of the night of Val Venus versus the Blue Blazer <coughs> Owen Hart <coughs> it's good to well no he here's the Blue Blazer Owen Hart's not here this evening <laughs> Cornette immediately says it's Owen you're like for fuck's sake man <laughs> uh, Owen I mean Blazer wrestling the whole match in a bedazzled cape and you're like I love you so much it keeps getting in the way keeps getting over his head and he's like I'm gonna keep it on the whole match no matter what 
It's the best self-rib ever, yeah. that cape. Sure, like this generic, hilarious superhero character. Everyone backstage, and... if they had agents back in the 90s doing these matches, that like, Owen, you can't wear that cape. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. Oh, I definitely won't wear it. And then just come out with a cape anyway yeah. and be like, oh, I forgot to take it off. You I'll know? take it off. I was just caught in the moment of the running. <laughs> Do right. So uh, Deborah in with the distraction. This is literally like a two-minute match. I've got all the match times down the bottom. We'll talk about it at the end. Okay. Jarrett punts Val in the dick for <laughs> one, two, three. Blue Blazer wins. Nicole bass out immediately to follow up on this. She's chasing down Val because yeah. she feels that Val owes her one from the recent pay-per-view or something. <laughs> he certainly owes her one, yeah. Fucking A. Uh, Val, <laughs> Val legs <Fucking> it. <laughs> Val legs it, not selling the dick shot. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, that's because it's up all the time. But cue the pimp music. <laughs> Colon commentary goes immediately. Godfather is coming to collect. And I'm like, there's puns aplenty on this show. <laughs> Ah, uh, network television. So the ho- again, we kind of discussed this on Monday, and this is like a continuation of it. It doesn't really develop as such. But the whole Deborah wants to be a prostitute angle is confusing to me, to say the least. Again, as I said, back in the 90s, women's wrestling contracts were not very good. So they needed to earn extra money elsewhere, whether it be working at um, Wendy's or Hooters yeah. or was one of the Godfather's hoes. No, moonlighting as a whore, you could phrase it. Yeah, Moolah was taking her cut. So uh, Double J and Blazer immediately get the better of the Godfather, and that's kind of the end of the segment. Yeah. It's a bit of nothingy, really, just filling again. Which is the sad thing, as we said. This is always bittersweet when Owen is on here because this is what was a progressive storyline to Over the Edge for sure. the Godfather and Blazer. Yeah, it's it's sad watching it. Yeah, but I'm just trying to appreciate how funny Owen is in these segments. It's, you know, he, can you imagine him now? In wrestling, because he'd still be around. He'd yeah. still be either still trying to go. He'd be like the Bob Backlund role. He'd be the best agent ever. Yeah. Like, just work it. He knows how to do everything. He tells a story. He can do comedy. He knows when it has to be serious. I love Matt Bloom, but you guarantee that Owen would be the head coach down in NXT. You feel like he'd be right up there, yeah. for sure. Uh, so, brief uh, rock backstage promo. Doesn't really say very much. He's eyebrow, eyebrow, rock, rock, rock. Exactly. Uh, Blue Blazer promo with Kevin Kelly, the man in just like my tweet earlier. Thank you, Kevin <laughs> Kelly. I love you, buddy. <laughs> my new friend, Kevin Kelly. Can he record a Ford for the show like my friend did? Uh, I might ask him. Do it! He seems like a genuinely lovely person, so... Oh, I might do it. That's a really good idea. I don't know if I can DM... I wonder if his DMs are open. We'll find out later. So WF needs Blue Blazer back. Kevin calls the Blazer Owen, and Owen immediately is just like, no, that's not me. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely hilarious. He's the superhero that WWF needs, because there's too much... Cleavage? (laughs) (laughs) At that stage, it would have been nice if Chaz had stuck his head around the corner and gone, all right. Fuck. Uh, Blue Blaze is such a good guy. He won't even say Val's last name because of what it rhymes with. You're like, oh, he's so good. As he's cutting this promo, I don't know if you caught it, but Farouk just casually (laughs) walks behind him in the background. Like, it's blatantly ribbing him. But, oh, it's Because Farouk, member of the Ministry of Darkness. (laughs) <laughs> just, just pottering about just, backstage literally just like out of character completely just like grooving along just like oh <laughs> it's really funny have you seen what they've got in catering today blue blazer <laughs> so uh blazer ends the promo by quoting hulk, hulk, hulk quoting hulk hogan by going eat your vitamins say your prayers and drink your milk <laughs> i've just written here i miss owen so much yeah he was the best like, uh, I been Hulk Hogan at the end of your promos, the Blue Blazer. Maybe one Genius. of our next trilogies for goodness. 
we'll do the Owen Hart Bret Hart trilogy. Oh yeah, maybe we could do like a full Owen Hart retrospective almost, you know. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be really fun. It'd be a 7-hour pod. It would be a long one. Yeah, we need to sure. ch- we need to split into chapters. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I mean, we'll dear goes. listener, listen to us plot our future pods. Let's <laughs> chat about it. Yeah, it's fine. That's what great podcasts are, man. It's just people having conversations. You feel like you're involved, that like you're yeah. there listening in, you know. And if you're thinking, yeah, I'd love to hear an Owen Hart retrospective, I'll oh, tweet us. Yeah. At or, World of Rest Pod. Or I bet OSW have done it already. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't listen to OSW, do you? No, and neither does any of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Listen to us. Don't listen to other really good, informative wrestling podcasts. <laughs> well, they do like, what, five, ten a year? Yeah. We do one every single week. It's, it's a different type of podcast, yeah. you know? We're better. Anyway. <laughs> Honest as well. Yeah, look at our award cabinet. <laughs> uh, so next up, we've got the big show versus test of guys who just aren't booked in the back yet. Uh, for fuck's sake, as the bell goes, boss man immediately walks down the ringside, literally as the bell goes. Show hits a drop kick, choke slam, one, two, three. <laughs> big show wins. They do not like long matches at this time, do they? Not on their telly. Well, again, you know, get your marketing in, get your advertising in, seven yeah. segments, push it through. But again, it's because the whole, the, this is building up to what we're going to see later mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Another formation. Yeah, absolutely. So um, show heads to the back, but boss man attacks Tess with the nightstick. And because show is now a good guy and Tess is now a good guy, a show back in for the save does that lead to this classic feud? It does. Oh, I want to do that feud more than anything. What, the boss man? B- Your daddy's a bastard! <laughs> <laughs> At the funeral. And then- oh, and Big Show jumping on the coffin as it drove away. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Boss man behaving badly is like one of my favorite fucking things. That's an Attitude Era podcast quote. So oh, okay. That's not my invention. Oh, disappointing. Yeah, sure. so I was going to say, because if we were doing the old camera version, we'd have the boss man behaving badly part of the show and just have a little gimmick. gimmick. <laughs> boss man sitting there with jeff joe going oh kylie (laughs) kylie ray so uh what do you think of this bit um waste of my eyeball time there we go (laughs) do you smell what the rock is cooking down down jim johnson with his six chords of dreams (gasps) so good just ball shakingly awesome theme music you know uh the rock walks down to the ring cuts a promo on shane and triple h um he is literally the king of catchphrases we've got smackdown hotel the candy asses the great one rudy poo candy asses doubling up on a gimmick you know (laughs) first fist in your mouth foot in your ass every single person in this arena sings along with every single one of those lines he's really good yeah and you don't get that today show me a gimmick yes so much less so. Show me a gimmick that people scream along with other than, my name is Paul Heyman. Mm, shamefully, you know who was quite good at it. Uh, Cock uh, f- uh alleged rapist. That's the one. So Rocky addresses Austin. And- that could actually be that. That could be a number of wrestlers. <laughs> Fuck you, Enzo. Yeah, fucking name. So uh, Rocky and addresses... That, go, on, go on, Did you see the Triple H interview on TalkSport about Enzo? Fucking brilliant. <laughs> when he's like, oh yeah, there's, there's the rumours out there. No interest. No interest at all. I like the fact that he went on to say, um, as soon as we heard those, we got our PR guys to shoot those down straight away. And, um, you know, you can make a, a life's earning out of rumours and Meltzer might print them, but, you know, good luck to Enzo. 
He literally name checked him. Wow. Triple H gives no fucks anymore. I love it. I love that when they're in this thing where they have competition and then stuff like this happens, he's just like, this means nothing to me. I'm just going to say it and we're going to carry on. But can you imagine now on Wednesday night next week if they turn up on USA Network? (laughs) No, thank you. I will not watch NXT. I will not watch any product that has has Enzo involved. Big Cass, I'll allow him to have a second chance because he was suffering from uh, alcohol issues and and drug issues. Always thought he could be okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'll, I'll watch a product with Kaz XL on it, but any product with Enzo Amore in. However, next time we do a uh, World Wrestling Podcast Act a Pop Star, we will be having some Enzo lyrics. Nice. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so Rocky addresses Austin and uh, them tagging tonight. He says, We ain't partners. We ain't. Be- I've written buzzies here. I don't know what I was meant to write. Uh, they're obviously trying to be the killer bees. Oh, there we go. Uh, we sure as hell ain't friends. Rocky threatens Austin to stick his horns up his Austin's ass. Glass smash. Good lord, the pop for Austin is incredible. I know we've already gone on about it, but seriously, it's just... This place explodes the second you hear that glass smash. And the thing is as well, because like, a lot of, as we found in SmackDown, a lot of is it everything's added in post. Like, SmackDown in like the late 2000s. Not here. <laughs> no, this you, no dubbing at all. Yeah, every single week. Like, I've been there live when Austin's come out, and it's just like, whoa! Yeah. Some I've, I've never heard it before. Like, I've seen like a lot of bands in their prime uh, get big pops and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they come out on stage or play the song, whatever it is. But yeah, Austin is just incredible. So Austin, in full gear, keeps flipping off the rock as he goes to all four corners to say hello to the crowd. Brilliant moment. Austin cuts a promo. Uh, you will always be some punk kid spitting out nursery rhymes. He immediately goes, you've got no chance and uh uh-uh and you're like (laughs) doing the same shit Austin (laughs) pretty cool but yeah interesting Uh, here comes Shane out to the entrance staging area Shane cuts a promo they love a promo absolutely love a promo getting the story over and also you know everyone's probably pretty tired from working Mondays let's let's do the promo so fans chant asshole get the blackout Uh, take a join Shane on the stage then Triple H then Bearer and we have the corporate ministry Way! oh my god the evolution of the ministry of darkness they've taken out their 401ks <laughs> yeah a bit underwhelming well i said when you look at who's left in the ministry uh, sorry in the uh, corporation uh, more how they unveiled it yeah just two blokes walking out on stage and, yeah. and having the commentators go oh my god have they joined forces yeah no they're just standing there for shits and giggles yeah so when jericho debuts They've obviously gone, put Rock in the ring. Yeah. Have Jericho come out. It'll be magic. We don't need to write anything. We'll just just let them do it. You know, it feels like they've gone, we've just put Austin and Rock in the ring. They're the two top guys. We'll bring everyone out. Shane will announce everyone. They'll come through, blah, 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 blah. It'll be a magical moment. Why not do this at the conclusion of the show? Why not do it, like, have the interference in the main event and stuff? know have taker be a surprise as triple h's partner for the match you know what i mean well that's the thing as they'd already announced undertaker as triple h's partner at that stage yeah had they had it being the undertaker coming out to even if it had been shane and triple h against austin and rock and then the undertaker came out at the end and basically the ministry came and assisted and then they did the whole sure big let's all raise each other's arms in the center of the ring and a handshake or something silly with like yeah, the Undertaker yeah. and Shane McMahon. That or, you know, been. Shane poses with Triple H yeah. and Taker goes down on one knee and does the whole thing. And yeah. then Shane reciprocates somehow or something silly. You know? I mean, I'm really glad Shane wouldn't reciprocate and do the Undertaker <laughs> kneel. That would be <laughs> awful. But you know what yeah, I'm getting the, at. The, um, the delivery was piss poor. But 
how the main event finished you you want to have as we'll get to you want to have the main event finish on on your return to network television if people have switched over to see how it finished mm. versus all the baddies standing there raising each other's arms so I understand why they did it, but they it was it seems like it was rushed. Yeah, I think had they not had this UPN special, this wouldn't have been how they merged the two together. I think they needed something Maybe for network so. television. I feel that either it was that or they massively overthought it. Yeah, you know, I think if they've just gone simpler, um, and more of a prevalent spot on the card, I think this would have got over a lot better. Was this technically though at the end of the first hour? To encourage people to stay for the second hour of the program. But again, I think that's overthinking it. I think people, it's the first SmackDown. People are going to watch no matter what. Yeah, but then this is the time where people are flicking between channels. Was this on at the same time as Thunder? I don't know if it was on the same time as Thunder. Because th- was, was Thunder always Thursday nights as well? Was Thun- oh. Thunder? I thought Thunder might have been Wednesday nights. I can't remember. But th- Thursday uh, night Thunder sounds right. WCW, WWE, they always went with the idea at the end of the first hour when, the, you know, or the close of the show, or now, the end of the second hour, they always have the hook to keep you going. Yeah. And I wonder if this was at the end of hour one, so then people would stay but, for hour two. Because, you know, sometimes, because at, at the prime time slot it was on, on a, yeah. on, a, on a Thursday night, there's other stuff on. Obviously, you know, we've seen now, more so when SmackDown was on Thursday nights, when it was competing with things like Big Bang Theory and stuff like that, when it was on TV in the States. Uh-huh. They'd always have to try and have the hook... Um, pay-per-views when they opened it with Cena and AJ because they knew they were going up against uh, what were they going up against? Were they going up against UFC? I don't on know. Something on something. I haven't paid enough attention yeah. over the last few years, you know, really. But basically I, I think that's the reason why they put it in this slot to hook people in, but cool. I said the execution was poor. What do you think about the idea of the corporate ministry? Fucking awful. Yeah? I remember as a kid being excited and thinking this is genuinely a threat to Austin and Rock. Yeah, I, th- I always thought Rock was going to turn heel. As a kid, I was like, I don't trust him. Like he, he betrayed me at Survivor yeah. Series last year. He's going to be the top guy for the corporate ministry eventually. I always thought that they should have stayed separate. I thought yeah. that the corporation was going to be the engine to build Triple H to the next level. Let's talk about that at the end. And I thought the whole idea of the ministry was to provide suitable factions for Austin and then Rock to feud and run through as opposed to merging the two together mm. and then it's just one big storyline and then it's just whoever's involved in those two factions taking up most of the segments and you had your IC level bits yeah, and that would that would be your show. Great. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I mean, it seems a shame for people like Ken Shamrock and Test and even Big Show, I guess, yeah. that could very easily be corporate guys, you know? Yeah, and, and the main corporate guy because it's not well. like they do much with them after this really no this is it by having by merging the factions together you essentially kill half the people i've sorry because at least with the ministry you'd always keep the acolytes you'd always keep midian and viscera but that's another reason already why the brood had gone yeah because they knew they were going to merge these two factions together which in fairness wwe long-term booking you don't need a faction of 20 people in it because look what happens to the nwo mm-hmm. so i think that's what they were wary of yeah, but I even at the time I was like that's watered it down a bit because the whole idea of the ministry is it's this big gothic demonic thing Vince McMahon probably is still even now going kids like Satan right <laughs> <laughs> this is good shit at the time I think it's what they needed it, it's just spooky and gothy enough to be threatening but not too goofy it's not like Dungeon yeah. of Doom <laughs> terrible <laughs> you know 
it's it's always on the tipping point of becoming Dungeons of Doom, but never quite went there, you know? Only because of Viscera's weight. <laughs> <laughs> He's just holding the bag, going, oh, oh, and put him on the back of the seesaw, boys. Get rid of the brood on the other side. We're going to lose it. So Cornette finishes this segment by very passionately going, the merger from hell. And Cole says something as well. But <laughs> At that stage, every WCW wrestler who wasn't on an AOL Time Warner contract was like, this was the merger from hell. Well, yeah, fucking A, man. So uh, let's move on. So we've got Kane and X-Pac backstage with Kevin Kelly and this really awkward promo it's brilliantly executed you've got to say yeah uh so they're friends again but or maybe they're not friends again so uh replays from raw and kane attacking park and all the blood dropping from the brood and everything uh if you want to know all about that go to listen to episode one of this trilogy or watch carrie uh yeah that too uh Ke- uh, kevin uh calls the new age outlaws fellow dxers and i've never heard that term but <laughs> it works uh park uh, seems pissed with kane still and like oh i wonder what's gonna happen with this few down the line I mean, in fairness, from episode one of his saw that Xbox was just basically spending a lot of his time just looking for Kane. So, of course, he's annoyed. Absolutely. He's yeah. like, you've stolen my AW belt, mate. <laughs> that reference is not going to last. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. So, uh, Droz and Prince Albert make their entrance. It's really cool seeing Droz in this gear, right? It's super 90s. He's got this oversized Ringmaster Jamiroquai style top hat in purple camo with matching purple camo trunks and knee pads with a sparkly belt. And you're like, oh, the 90s. Look at that. Oh, Tex Williams ring gear. (laughs) (laughs) Your ring gear is classy compared to this. (laughs) Jesus. So um, I don't ever remember seeing Prince Albert before this show. Do you know around? Oh, he was around, yeah, because he was introduced as his personal piercer. Okay. Um, And that's when they also did the whole, whole, a lot of backstage vomit segments together. I barely remember most of those. I remember he was around and they did the whole, oh, we're going to pierce people and never actually yeah. did because you know they're never going to fucking do it. I always thought, like, you know, you find someone that wants their tongue to be like, oh, we'll actually do it live on TV. It'll be <laughs> fucking great. At that point, like, Matt Bloom will be like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good wrestler. So the match is Droz with Prince Albert versus D'Lo Brown with Ivory and her boob tube. I got a bit scared at this stage because I couldn't remember which D'Lo match the, uh, the accident happened in. My first note just says, well, this is a bit awkward. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, and again, we've I think we've covered this on previous pods. It was awful what happened to Draws. Yeah. But it that is wrestling, unfortunately. Sure, man. But both these guys, had Draws not got hurt, it would have meant that he would have been at least a decent mid-level guy. D'Lo Brown would have been a main event star because I think after the injury to Draws, D'Lo just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I love D'Lo. I think Joz is the shit. Really? I'm sorry, man. I know that he can't wrestle anymore and all that sort of stuff, and I genuinely feel sympathetic mm. for the guy. I hated him. Really? Can't work, can't sell. Hey, obviously, he was all right in the brawl for all. <laughs> he's obviously a legitimately <laughs> tough dude. Yeah. And that's why he's got the respect and the booking, I think, at this point. Yeah. I think Vince loved the silliness of he's the guy that puked on the football field and all that sort of bollocks. Yeah. Like when you're, he's gonna, when, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. When your gimmick is pitched, is you're the guy that can puke on command, and your way of doing that is shoving your fingers down your throat. It's like that doesn't work. That's not the same thing. <laughs> that, that's one of those really bad things, like on an actor's CV. Can you ride a horse? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get yeah. on the horse now. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna puke. Are you gonna puke? Yeah, I've got to shove my fingers down my throat for five minutes first, but you know, yeah. Have you got any pictures of Moolah? <laughs> oh. oh, poor Moolah. Oh, well, she was a cunt, wasn't she? So anyway, <laughs> okay, well, allegedly. 
So Delo hits sky high. So cool. Goes up top for the lowdown. Ivory on the apron for some fucking reason, distracting the ref. Like, I thought this was a heel turn. Bad booking. Very yeah. bad booking because it's not a heel turn. She's just distracting the ref because she's an idiot woman, I guess. Yeah. Russo? Yeah. Yeah. Women, know your limits. Absolutely, mate. Uh, so Albert Albert shoved D'Lo off the top, obviously, because of the distraction. Uh, match goes on for a minute or so. D'Lo immediately back in control and back up top because I don't think he trusts Jaws to lead this match. Uh, Albert in to punch him in the, in the ribs. Ref calls for the disqualification. D'Lo wins the match. Albert gives D'Lo a press slam falcon arrow, and I'm like, fucking A, man. That's a bit of ahead of your time. Good old giant Bernard. Nobody kicks out the falcon arrow. Even though they always do. Yeah. <laughs> so, that one time in PWG, where I think it was, um, it was actually Michael Elgin, I seem to remember, that did the Falcon Arrow. And Excalibur on commentary goes, nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow and the ref counts to three. I've never heard a bigger <laughs> pop from Excalibur in my life. <laughs> so cool. Albert then goes to PSD Lowe's tongue as Ivory sprints to the back to get a returning Mark Henry in a khaki green suit. Oh, yes. Oh, delightful. I wonder where he shops. <laughs> because that and the salmon jacket, I mean, he's got a fantastic tailor. <laughs> Too right, man. Uh, Henry chases off the bad guys. Him, D'Lo, and Ivory all embrace because they reunited this tag team. Yeah, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah, it was a nice save. Obviously, the ivory going up to the uh, up to the turnbuckle was so that Albert could get involved in the sorry Prince Albert this time could get involved in the distraction. I feel there was a missed spot somewhere, and Ivory was just like, "I'll improvise." Yeah, because you know, yeah. experiencing glow coming through. You know? She was always a good work for her time. At that time, yeah. she was always a good work. I always like Ivory. Best, her, best her, of a bad bunch, you know. Yeah, her Hall of Fame speech was brilliant. <laughs> oh, I remember it was really funny, wasn't yeah. it? Like she just didn't give a shit. Like no. yeah. Really good stuff. Um, pretty average match. Yeah. Well, well, what do you expect as we sin from chapter one and now this chapter? Yeah. Don't let the attitude era foil you, people. Yeah. The ring ring quality, pretty shit. It's it's just lots of talking. Yeah. Lots of spontaneous storytelling elements and just like, oh, this would be good next week. Let's go with that. That'd be fun. And then two weeks down the line, like, oh wait, what did we do? Um, just try this. That'll be fine. What's clear at this time, as we saw in Chapter 1 and we've seen in this this episode of SmackDown, we spoke about the long-term booking of the main event. Yeah. And you can see that all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are falling in place. They know where they're going to go. They've got all their months' worth of work planned, provided no one gets injured. Sure. But for anyone on the undercard, it's very much... Um, vroom, throw something <laughs> against the wall. Yeah. Um, so it's probably like dartboard booking. So we're going to have... Dilo versus... Vroom. Oh shit, draws. Everyone goes on like prior to us reviewing this for sure, like at least to me, about how everyone has stuff to do in the in the nineties, especially late nineties where Russo and Vince and Cornette and stuff are all booking it. Uh, we've talked about it before. Like I'm not convinced they really had any clue what they were doing with the undercard. No, not at all. I mean the IC title scene was good because you actually had yeah. a rotation of competitors, so it's a case of we need to get to the next pay per view in four weeks. Yeah. Who are we gonna have in that pay per view? Okay, we'll have uh, Godfather and Jarrett going for the belt. Mm-hmm. Okay, how are we gonna work back from that? One, two, three, and who else is involved to keep it interesting? Who isn't being used? Sure. And then they do that again. But yeah. there's no, it's, like... I don't hate the spontaneity of a lot of it, you know? It feels fun and exciting, and a lot of this is not less about the caliber and rewatchability of what you're seeing, and just how do we convince them to tune in next week and not yeah. watch Nitro or yeah. Thunder? 
and I, that's what they had the big main event story for it's like this is where we're going to go we're going to build it we're going to have the suspense yeah. and we'll hopefully have our talented guys on the undercard working to keep people interested oh the godfather's got some pretty girls with yeah. him it's like how much shocking stuff can we get these yeah. guys to do just to have people talk about it in the playground the next day almost this so. guy pukes he's going to pierce his tongue and then the big olympic lifter came back yeah. i was thinking about this like we mentioned it briefly on the first episode and that i never really remember people talking about the quality of matches ever about wrestling no it was always did you see gold dust's new entrance for wcw and how he yeah. just like threw away the gimmick and all this sort of stuff you know it was always those conversations about entrances, about things that happened, boobs that came on show, you know? It's, well, it's what we say now. I like some of my wrestling because I like the athleticism, I like the in-ring craft. But I've always been about storytelling because, as you said, that's what people talk about. Sometimes I go, oh, did you see that Canadian destroyer off a ladder? Kick out fucking two. <laughs> that was incredible, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, but, yeah, storytelling is key. In-ring work not as great as people may mm. have thought it was definitely so the new age outlaws are backstage with kevin kelly who's doing oh, all you the didn't know <laughs> not yet not yet that's later uh, yeah. <laughs> so the road dog wants to be friends uh mr ass says there are no friends when it comes to these titles uh foreshadowing the mr ass heel turn obviously yeah because it's coming and yeah. also he might as well say and there's no storyline for these titles <laughs> because vince yep. hate tag team wrestling so got to pay four guys rather than two there's there's lots of interesting or intriguing stuff happening with these four people involved in this tag title stuff yeah. so Xbox and Kane are kind of at odds with each other so are Badass Billy Gunn and Road Dog but they're both separate teams but X-Pac is part of DX with the other guys and Kane's almost like a separate entity but it's friends with X-Pac yeah. and they've gone through the whole Tory stuff I think at this point as well Yeah, because th- they haven't got to the stage where they've battled for the rights to the merchandise of DX yet have they because oh, I don't remember like, that. Wow. Oh, fuck me. So after the. Triple H and Sean have got no rights here? No, nothing at all. So I think it was Road Dog and X Pac, which led on from this, tagging against Billy and China with the winner getting the rights to the DX name. Jesus. So. But this- Russo's booking was great in the 90s. <laughs> is this for the straps? Because no one ever mentions whether it is or it isn't. It should be for the straps, yeah. I thought it was because I thought they were going to have one title match on the show. Yeah, the, the whole idea was it was for the straps because that's why uh, BA double Crooked dollar hair. sign. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> double dollar sign. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Modern rapper kind of alternative, you know. Yeah. CFO. I say rapper. CFO talker. squiggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, so yeah, it was a tag match because that's why he was saying there's no friendship when it comes to the titles. So for the tag team championships, allegedly, <laughs> X-Pac and Kane, who are the current champions, versus the New Age Outlaws of Road Dog, Dishy James, and someone. The one, <laughs> Billy Gunn. <laughs> X-Pac's budget DX entrance. Um, at least his music doesn't cut out this time. But X-Pac! It's, bow, bow. it's it like, is like oh. a discounted version of Triple H's yeah. DX stuff. You know? This is what you'd expect on a video game if they didn't have the license to have the DX theme. Yeah, sure. It's like unlicensed stuff. So, um, Good thing we're not in Mexico. The New Age Outlaws entrance is over as fuck. Yeah. It's incredible. It goes, oh, you didn't know. And down and now, now. I was so happy when I learned to play this on the guitar. I'm not even going to finish oh, really? it. Yeah. Because <laughs> cool. I was like, I've learned it. So Road Dog gets in the, the ring and you can tell they're planning a split ahead of these two guys because he's added stuff to his intro. Yeah. He's like, welcome to my doghouse. The doghouse like yeah. he does in Layer in Life. And usually at this point, I'm he- used to seeing people go or hearing people go, oh, roar, 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 and no one does it. 
because yeah. it's brand new, you know? It's interesting seeing this development as character, I guess. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Do you really care about Road Dog? No, ever? because essentially this whole thing is a ripoff of Conan's entrance in WCW. Uh, it kind of is. Yeah, I've never even put two and two together. So obviously oh. I'm, I'm going to side with my friend. Yeah. From the- but like the whole sing along with Road Dog stuff, this whole place is saying every single line yeah. he's saying. Well, yeah, other than the new stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when they get to the good stuff, you know. And until he's tagged with K-Quick. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy Gunn won't do his bit of the beginning bit where he goes, tell you to suck it, because he's very serious about winning these belts. And that's important to me. Of course. Well, that, it's the same thing like back when um, <laughs> Warrior was going for the belt. And he's like, the conversation's like, he's not even running. He's very focused on this. He's conserving his energy. And it's, the titles mean something. Mm. So the logic behind him not doing his little talk along thing, yes, obviously, it's the prelude to the hill turn. Yeah. But it should be. If you're yeah, going for a title, you should be like, yeah, I'm going to get this high five streamers, poppy sure. confetti. If I was going for a title, I'd be like, well, first of all, no one ever put that. But if I was going for a title, I'd be like, I've got to be deadly serious here. I've got to focus eyes on the prize. Yeah. No, like, slapping babies and kissing hands. <laughs> no, sure. It's like, it's good. It's intriguing. It's like, this yeah. is where they've got planned out story narrative stuff happening. And it works very yeah. well. Um, so Kane doing the Undertaker opening spot is just the greatest because he's his brother. And that's how he, what he watched as a kid and all this sort of stuff. You know, the whole duck the clothesline, yeah. hammer, hammer, hammer. Kane goozles, throw into the corner, hammer, hammer, hammer. You know, it's like... Just a brilliantly op- brilliant yeah. opening spot. Every Undertaker match ever has the same opening spot, by the way, if you didn't know. <laughs> and again, it's logical for, for Glenn Jake to suddenly go, yeah. right, uh, that's what I should do. Yeah, that's what I've seen work as a kid. This is my brother who I've watched secretly for years and years is the story. Yeah. Know? Really clever. It's amazing he didn't do that when he was Isaac Kingham. <laughs> DDS. So, uh, some issues with Kane and X-Park. They've got these awkward tags. Kane goozles Road Dog and accidentally goozles Puck at the same time. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Uh, goozle to Mr. Ass. <laughs> do I call him that? I don't even know. Uh, Road Dog blatantly blow low blows Kane directly in front of the ref. Russo. Can he do that, Joey? Uh, famous sir, Kane kicks out at two. Kicking out of finishes. Gotta love it. <laughs> this match had everything I hate about wrestling in it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Us has Puck up in a press slam position. Kane knocks Road Dog into Billy, setting up the heel turn. Uh, Puck falls onto Billy as he falls out of the press slam position for the one, two, three, and your winners and still retaining X Puck and Kane. Yeah, just um, at least there's something going on that has. It's not a yes or a no, it's a. Ooh, what happens if? And yeah. Ooh, do you think this is going to happen? It's a good discussion point for fans. Yeah. You know? And it was nice as well on commentary that you didn't have JR, go, JR going, Billy Gunn, pound for pound, the best athlete in WWF. Yeah, sure. Ugh. But yeah, <laughs> it was nice having the who's going to switch or who's going to turn on who and what's going to happen. It was nice storytelling. Yeah. I think Billy Gunn is a stiff bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessarily so, I would say. Bully level. Yeah, he doesn't ever came across like that as me as a kid. But like watching it back now, you're like, you're, I know it's X Park. He's your mate. You're probably going to take a few liberties because he can take it and they understand yeah. and want to get this kind of blood feud level stuff going. But uh, I don't know. It's just a bit meh. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because if you watch a lot of Billy Gunn matches now, you think he is taking liberties. Yeah, I get the, to watch some back. I get the impression some, t- and also I think that's the reason why as soon as he split from Triple H. Why is he not getting his push? Mm. Oh, that's why. Because people don't want to work with him. Don't uh, Billy gun it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is your brother better at boxing? 
Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, it took me a second. Right, so Austin puts his knee braces on backstage. Like, let's not highlight the fact he's got bad knees, eh? <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the New Age Outlaws argue backstage. It seems like they split up at this point because the agents have to get in between and hold, like, they actually get in front of Road Dog, even though he's blatantly the, 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 the beta of this position. But it's what it is. Well, Billy Gunn is the pound for pound, 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 for pound easy for me to say, best athlete in WWF. Yeah. Don't get involved in front of him. Get Road Dog. He's a saggy man. <laughs> so Billy Gunn walks away from the situation looking angry at this point uh so we cut back to the ring and Freebird michael hayes aka doc, doc hendrix at this point brings out the brood best entrance ever yeah we've gone over this before let's carry on so cole and Cornette put over the brood will break their silence tonight and they constantly go oh gangrel's got his red liquid <laughs> yeah. it's not blood it's just red liquid they say it at least three times as he loves the ribena <laughs> <laughs> more like purple liquid oh well you know, you know filters it's like cherry flavor or something i don't <laughs> yeah. know whatever so gangrel's promo here please describe this to people the gusto and the emphasis on language and words he puts in <laughs> i would liken this if you have ever been through your teenage years as part of a school play or a project where you have to maybe write something in drama been there yeah. and you think that you're being really clever oh, and yeah. re- that you're like a, a wordsmith and you're being really intelligent and using your words in a great way but it turns out when you look at it years later you're actually a fucking moron <laughs> this is what gangrel's promo was like here <coughs> So Michael Hayes kind of introduces him and goes to pass the mic across to Gangrel to interview him. But Gangrel's already talking. Yeah, the mic's yeah. not even at his face before he's talking. So you kind of come into that halfway through a sentence and he's like, we will gather the darkness. We are ourselves. The brood will stay together. But like this is giving it too much, like, yeah. too much props. It's terrible. He's mumbling through this nonsensical bollocks. Deep in the forest, I once saw an owl. He said to me, you children must fly. And I said, Christian and Edge, we must fly together. Christian, do you have anything to add to this? You don't. And then I will carry on talking. Literally I will be- happens. I will then pass the microphone to Edge and I will say, wow, Dr. Isaac Yankum has looked after your teeth. You've got an excellent smile. He's a soft-spoken Canadian vampire. <laughs> like, what's happening? I'm going to suck your blood, if that's okay with you. Is that about this eh? <laughs> like, it's so bad. One time I met Terence and Philip. So Christian won't talk. Yeah. Okay, Michael Hayes goes there and Christian's like, mm, I'm just going to walk away because they obviously don't trust him to cut a promo at this point, even though in the future he's fucking great. Uh, Edge does a bit better on his promo, I would say. But he, he had what I like to call pervy sex face on. When oh, he was sure. <laughs> they all, the both of them, not, not Christian because he doesn't get to talk, but both Gangrel and Edge do the thing where literally like kids that are cliched bad guys are going ha 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 it's like next time gadget but without the without the gusto you know it's- <laughs> i'd fucking love it if there was a dr claw character in wrestling oh, it'd be so good man and mad cat as his like valet <laughs> <laughs> was the villain from turtles with the guy in the belly? oh crane oh we need a crane fetch me my body <laughs> if we'd have done it like that it would have been even yeah. better <laughs> So um, uh, they're just, again, they're reading lines. They're just really bad. But um, then uh, fourth wall breakdown. It's just a gimmick. Yeah. Oh, Michael dog. Hayes in the ring calls them a gimmick and kind of starts to insult them. And Gangrel was pretty much Gorilla Monsoon. What? What? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Doc gets the carry treatment that Kane got on Monday night on the outside. <laughs> 
dumped in the blood and stuff. It's uh, Russo only knows four things. So basically, as well, because like Michael Hayes, well, would that's not his own wardrobe. He was like, I'm not ruining my oh, own yeah. clothes in this. Sure, sure. And then Vince was like, just look in my wardrobe, take whatever you want. <laughs> I'm sure Michael Hayes loved this promo for himself. Yeah, loved being involved again. And this leads into something. Yeah, because this is when he starts, uh, he discovers the Hardy Boys. Yeah, before, emo boys. Before they go and, <laughs> and, and he dresses us and we're like little skin tight wire tops. It's fucking brilliant, man. I definitely want to cover some of that bam, period bam, at some bam, point. Bam, 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 bam. And Michael Hayes putting a hip out doing the Hardy Boys <laughs> dance. What's the uh, the first pay for you with the ladder match? Oh, well, what, just with uh, them and the Dudleys? No, it's just Edge and Christian and uh, the Hardys, the first one. Oh, shit, because that's when the night afterwards they have the handshake. Yeah, thing, I remember it? that being uh, that and uh, Mick Foley and Undertaker in the Cell are the two like, life-changing moments for me as a pro wrestling fan. Oh, Seeing Jeff do the, the kind of leapfrog off the ladder leg drop yeah. thing, I remember jumping out of my seat and screaming and stuff. Was it WrestleMania 2000? I think it was WrestleMania something. But whatever, let's cover that show at some point yeah. just so we can watch that match back and be oh. like, this is crap compared to what we have nowadays. But. If it was WrestleMania 2000, we'd get the uh, Ice Cube coming out with the Godfather and Dealer brain going, pimpin' ain't, pimpin' ain't easy, man. Yeah, fucking hell, I love a bit of Ice Cube, but eh, that song. So, um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Ass backstage, uh, wandering around, shouting after X Park because Russo and he knows four things. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kelly backstage with Ken Shamrock. Um, wash, rinse, repeat for the last few segments, just like this. Uh, short clips from Monday. Have the protagonist threaten their opponent. Shamrock does a pretty good job of it, being a legitimate bad guy and yeah. stuff. You know, like yeah, it's okay. I like the fact as well Tough that guy, Shamrock was like, I'm in a, I'm in a brawl later, so I'm just going to wear these jean shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. He's in a street fight. Yeah. So he wears his street clothes. Good man. Fuck off, Bradshaw, and your fucking gimmick. <laughs> your little hieroglyphics paint on your, your man tits. <laughs> Leading to a street fight between Bradshaw and Ken Shamrock. Uh, Bradshaw comes out with the baseball bat. Shamrock immediately jumps Bradshaw before Bradshaw even gets to the ring. Can we have one fucking normal match, please? Um, Dino Sham- versus Draws. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. And tag match, I guess. Oh, it's a bit dodgy and stuff. And anyway. um, so Shamrock does a one-arm sunset flip and completely botches it. Beautiful. <laughs> the future of Impact Wrestling. Luchador, he is not. <laughs> uh, two topless idiots flexing at ringside behind the commentators. And it's amazing what happened to the Hardy Boys. <laughs> uh, so side of the front row says 89 days till Roar is Jericho. Mount yeah. Mark. We talked about this already. Uh, Kenny uh, chokes out Bradshaw with a baseball bat. Yep, that is the match. Uh, Bradshaw's a douchebag, isn't he? He's quite good at finance. Yeah. And um, he likes to climb mountains for charity. Yeah, I feel that's the sociopath going, I did lots of bad things in my life. Maybe I should do this stuff to try and make up for it. Ah, well, then he's clearly not going to just live off the idea of Pascal's wager. I've done a lot of shit. I'm about to die. I'm really sorry for doing all the bad stuff. Can I go to heaven, please? Ah, Ah, Pascal's wager. I don't know. I've never heard that term before. Yeah. What's it from? I don't know. It was a song that we wrote in an instrumental band. I was like, what the hell's Pascal's wager? And he was like, this. And I was like, all right. That'll be a useful tidbit to not have enough information to follow that through loads of day. <laughs> in five years' time, when I do a podcast, five, you give me credit for when I wrote shit songs in bands. I used to write good songs in bands at the older days. Hey, you wrote songs. I just played along to the bod drums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Ken won't let go, uh, murdering Bradshaw in the process. The second WF murder within a within a month, all to do with throttling. <laughs> Russo's got some kind of like asphyxiation like fix. He's like, maybe we can get the boss man to jizz himself while he's got it around his neck and Ferrara's going yeah do it BTK levels are just like ah! <laughs> yeah 
So uh, Kenny gives Sarge a baseball bat shot as all the agents come out like, oh, you dickhead, leave Slaughter alone, Bear. Well, right. Shamrock probably was like, hang on, he's, he's an Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> so is this Kenny turning heel or is it just them doing the loose cannon? Loose cannon thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, obviously, okay. yeah, in fairness, like they tried to kidnap his sister as well. You know, he's, yeah, sure. He's not going to have recovered properly. Stephanie so- clearly got some great like mental coaching. Like, I've been kidnapped but I'm all right to do a promo. Shamrock, someone's tried to kidnap my sister. Fucking mental. I guess they're following through with it. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, cool. The loose cannon. So there's a Foley promo on Mankind at this point with Kevin Kelly backstage. That was some um, sort of boiler room though, wasn't it? He was in. Was he still in the boiler room? Yeah, I it think looks they're like doing it. Because yeah. they had the match at the last pay-per-view where they did the with uh, Big Show and Foley in the boiler yeah. room. So he's kind of hanging out here like, the promo's okay. I fully, I'd like to say this is going to be tongue-in-cheek because this before people think I'm taking this too seriously. There are not enough boiler room matches in independent wrestling. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, um, talks about merch and selling it and giving Boss Man a Mr. Socko and stuff. It's, it's a bit uh, character for the Mankind character. Yeah, but this is on. This is close to the Mick Foley transition from yeah. there because he's got the tie now. He's got the Mr. Socko. And as you said in like chapter one, we've now got the drawn-on mitt on Mr. Socko. It's funny how the Mankind character went from deranged idiot to kind of sympathetic idiot. Yeah. And then Cactus became like the calculating bad guy. Yeah. You know, and Dude Love was obviously the the best character ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Billy Gunn shouting after X Pac in the background in Mix Foley's promo. Nice idea. Yeah. This is kind of cool. Like one thing lapping over the other but not showing it. And Foley's little response of what a whiner <laughs> was quite <laughs> funny, you know. But yeah, it's, 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 yeah. So uh Shane pre match motivational talk to the corporate ministry guys backstage as we jump into Boss Man versus Mankind. Uh early double arm DDT by Foley. Boss man bails. Test runs down and throws Boss Man back in the ring. Uh, Foley goes for the mandible claw slash Mr. Socko. Boss Man bails again. Big Show runs down this time. Well, I say run. <laughs> and more importantly, what a hor- what a bunch of dickhead good guys bullying the baddie. <laughs> it's a bit just weird. trying to have a match. But they blatantly want like a comeuppance for Big Show on this debut of, on UPN and yeah. everything. It's, it's okay. Well, if you're going to form a union... <laughs> Why did they never stick with that? I it lasted wonder, one week, didn't it? Is it pure? Although, though, it lasted a few shows. I don't remember the it Union. lasted a few shows. Yeah, oh, it did. Don't worry. I'm At some point, we're going to do another Twitter poll. We're going to do the, the rise and fall of the Union. <laughs> Jesus, we'll that's be basically covering this show again. <laughs> um, no, it was around for a while, but I wonder, okay. I say a while, like we're talking like a month, yeah, maybe, was, for like a storyline I thought it was going to be a huge thing and it never became that. Probably because Vince McMahon suddenly went, hang on. Don't want to give him ideas. Union. <laughs> David Starr might do something about this 20 years later. So uh, blah, blah, blah. so Big Show, after he runs down, picks up Boss Man on the outside, press slams him back into the ring over the top rope from the floor. Maybe the best spot of the night. Maybe the best spot of his I mean, career, because that's the thing that <laughs> he should be used for. Sure, yeah. That's that's the impressive thing, especially when, again, here's the first time you've seen something. Some guy, some giant just press slammed it's really cool. Some bloke. Really cool. Uh, Socko locked in. Ref calls for the bell. The winner's mankind. Billy Gunn finally finds X-Park in an empty locker room and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> Legitimately. Just like, oh, this is a bit awkward. Uh, Kane stops the beat down as Billy Gunn tries to leave but can't find the door handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Highlight of the show for me, that part. Billy Gunn going, oh, wait, wait, is it a secret door? Is there a button? Is there a book to pull somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's good at being legitimately angry i i i that was what i'm putting it down to he was so angry of x-pac that he couldn't find the door handle yeah. to get out 
it, it's this whole segment is legitimately is good it's it's angro aggro it's kind of you know he's a big bully kind of coming to bully the small guy it was an but awkward the moment, beat down wasn't it the moment he misses that door handle it ruins the whole fucking thing uh, it's just totally billy gunned it really you know totally billy gunned it why not reshoot this it's because the segment was so good vince was like no one will notice but we all noticed <laughs> they could even just cut it with Kane like Billy Gunn making his way for the door sure like he's on yeah. his way out even just ADR it you know to keep yeah. the camera on X-Park have Billy Gunn do whatever so uh, Rock on his way to the ring spits indoors again dickhead disgusting this is not just a it's like a and you're like dude that's fucking gross someone needs to report this like seven bucks productions <laughs> of some kind of gross misconduct because it is the most disgusting thing you can do it's fucking filth isn't it? so uh, austin walks backstage and he was like uh, hang on who spit on the floor yeah doesn't spit indoors because he's a decent human being <laughs> which leads to this is our main event isn't it yes main event of the evening triple h with china and the mean street posse uh and the uh, sorry triple h and the undertaker triple h is accompanied by china and the mean street posse undertaker is accompanied by paul bearer and shane mcmahon nice touch well, very good confirming the whole allegiance of the two things yeah. coming together i love shane's little adoring look up to the undertaker as they're walking to the ring like selling this yeah it's good man really really good versus stone cold steve austin and the rock pretty cool match as a kid and again so debut on a new net on network television you have your four biggest stars yeah especially they uh they're constantly going about how this is rock and austin teaming for the first time as well it's i doubt i bet they've teamed before but whatever it's nice work this time as well because i know obviously rock's had his main his had his title match but it's like you've got your two main event stars and your two top upper mid card stars yeah because i'd say while obviously rock as you said like where he had his face turn heel turn and everyone's like oh do we trust him or not he's still not at that main event level and Triple H is on his way up there. So it's really nice it's a case of, right, we've got these two who will be the main event stars and our marquee two guys at the moment. Definitely. Because who else would have been main eventers? Because obviously Rocky and Austin. Yeah. Triple H isn't main event just yet. He's not won his belt yet. You've, you've got Foley, Show, you've got Ken Shamrock has main evented, you know, even though he's not capable yeah. really. Um, there's a few guys in the roster that can do it. Because obviously if you look at the main event of Mania the following year because obviously this would led to WrestleMania 2000 where your main event is Triple H Rock Big Show and Mankind uh-huh. do you think that would because do you think terrible th- think, well I was going to say if you think modern day mania if you had four people of that calibre in your main event you'd sit there and go this is going to be a shit mania yeah I remember at the time thinking why is it not a one on one match good thing that we put a McMahon in every corner <laughs> So uh, Triple H and Taker stalk Rocky as he makes his entrance. Once Rock manages to get into the ring to avoid them, Taker and Triple H both jump the Rock. Really bad overhead club by The Undertaker. It's a case of... He waited and waited and waited. He was like, is he going to turn? Is he going to turn? Fuck it. (laughs) Just carry on. Uh, Austin down to make the save, obviously, saving his partner, Rocky, at this point. Uh, Triple H uh, takes a sweet pratfall on the ramp for Austin as soon as he runs down. Really cool little moment. Uh, majority of the match is Taker and Rock kind of wrestling with each other. Uh, Rock has the rock bottom ready to go. Triple H in to stop it happening. Austin in to stomp a mud hole in Triple H. Massive schmozzy ending. Uh, as the rest of the corporate ministry jump in, all the former corporate lads jump in to come and try and make the saves. because The they're future now faces. union. Absolutely. Uh, we're left with Taker and Austin in the ring. 
So choke slam by Taker. There's a really good moment when uh, Taker's about to come against the ropes. He's like, Rocky, get out the ring <laughs> as they're doing <laughs> yeah. the spot. So choke slam by Taker. Not a great choke slam either. No, Not Austin. No height on it. Austin barely jumped, yeah. sandbagged him a little bit. I think he didn't want to take the bump because yeah. there's neck problems and stuff. But whatever. Uh, choke slam by Taker. Shane throws Taker a steel chair. Vince runs out. <laughs> this is I laughed so much. I was pissing myself with laughter this bit. So blocks a punch from Shane and clocks his son. Amazing two episodes in a row. People have blocked Shane's shitty punches. Are you paying attention, 2018? Wrong year. What do you mean? 2019 we're in. That's what I'm saying, because it was last year that Shane was just over with everyone. He's over now. He's the best in the world. He's main eventing shows. From the bits I've seen, I feel like they've taken Sorry. a back seat with Shane. You know, In the last two weeks. Well, at least it's something, you know. His main event. Anyway, yeah, so sorry. Vin- Vince's punch for Shane is brilliant. He does the classic, like, go past you with the fist and catch you with the wrist. But know? missed and got him with his fucking elbow. Fucking A, man. Uh, Shane sells it like a boss. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I love, I laugh <laughs> so it? much. Their interactions and their WrestleMania 17 match as well a couple of years oh, later. Oh, yeah. so good. Because they, they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and not brilliantly. No. They're, they're throwing works punches, which are bad. And when they throw their proper meaty like forearms, and they're knocking the teeth out of each other. <laughs> love it. So Vince grabs the chair off Taker. Taker smashes the chair over Vince's head. Completely unprotected. Oh, no, no, no. I almost threw up in my mouth when I saw this chair shot. Awful. Vince has obviously gone, don't hold back. And Taker's like, all right. (laughs) Just clocks him completely. (laughs) Untakes probably like, should we talk about my new contract after this match? (laughs) Donk. Sign here, Vince. (laughs) Uh, Taker stands over Vince as the fans chant for Austin. Taker turns around, stunner. Shane in, punching an unconscious Vince, his own daddy. <laughs> uh, Shane looks up, sees Austin, flipping him the double bird, stunner to Shane. Austin drinks beer, then pours beer over Vince to wake him up, and we're out of here. I mean, it's classic 99, isn't it? Yeah. No finish, no one legitimately over, because we have to save that for the pay-per-views. Fighting through the crowds as well. Yeah, everyone gets a big spot at the end, you know. But this is what we've said now a few times about the Attitude Era. It's the, there is no wrestling. You are saving it literally for the pay-per-view. Yeah. So, and you know, as you you saw it in the main event, because you'd always have Rock and Undertaker, or you'd have Triple H and Austin. You wouldn't have Undertaker and Austin until the very end for the stunner, which in fairness to Undertaker, at least sold it a bit, because normally Undertaker, when he takes a stunner, just crumbles. Yeah, sure. Um, So, I listened to Bruce Pritchard talking about this. Uh, He talks about how they wanted one match to be longer for this show, to show that, look, we've got good wrestling people are interested but the rest of it was all just storytelling basically the one match that they say is the long one that they did think is the tag match and you can see that that has some interesting angles and things going on and intrigue happening yeah but it's not a good wrestling match no because of the people you've got involved i mean fairness don't get me wrong kane is a fantastic big man worker x-pac is phenomenal yeah especially in that time they execute that finish brilliantly yeah with the whole road dog getting bumped into to billy gunn who's got x-pac up and stuff like that was really well done good spectacle good visual to have yeah whoever booked that finish i'm gonna take a bet pat patterson yeah a really really clever really smart but these matches okay so blazer and venus was two minutes 19 
Show and Test was 47 seconds. D-Lo and Droz was 3 minutes 16. Go on, working hard, lads. <laughs> the tag title match was 7 minutes. These are bell to bell. These are not entrances yeah. as well. Okay. Shamrock and Bradshaw, 4 minutes 05. Mankind and Boss Man. Mankind and Boss Man was 1 minute 35 seconds. Two brilliant workers having this opportunity for like a minute to wrestle. It's fucked up. The main event is legit just straight five minutes. They hated wrestling. Vince has always hated wrestling though, hasn't he? Uh, which one? McMahon. Yeah, I guess so. And again, in theory, and what Pritchard said, they wanted one long wrestling match, seven minutes. <laughs> Nailed it. Considering, like, Bait and Walter went 40 in Cardiff. I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it for me, by the way. Wrestling um, happened. Yeah, I'm sure it was really, really good. I mean, I remember tweeting about it immediately, going, yeah. when we saw some progress, it was incredible. I yeah. bet the NXT one's going to be even better, because they're going to build on that. Mm. Um, I just watched Naito and Shingo have a clear five-star match. It was about half an hour. Like, <laughs> it was just, Are you trying to say you didn't think that one minute and 35 seconds of Mankind versus Bossman was five stars? <laughs> it's two of my all-time favorite guys in the ring, and they get no opportunity to do anything. Every time a match starts, someone else is walking down the ring to interfere. But do you think that was, again, more to protect their... Oh, and obviously, it's going to be segment by segment. It's all about the storytelling for the in-ring action for the payoff on the pay-per-views. Because mm. you're looking... That's when you're having sort of six or maybe seven matches on a card. So you'd have 20-minute matches for each level. Why did they rely on people talking to tell stories? Do they not trust their guys to tell stories in the ring this time? Because it's not what people wanted. I disagree. Think over at Nitro. Yeah, and if you think how long the matches would have been going on there as well. Oh, I know it was the same, but I don't know, man. I think I feel like if someone had come along and had like a, this is the first ever show on a new network, a brand new show, just book like I don't know Billy Gunn, Ken Shamrock, give them ten minutes, they'd have a great athletic match. But again, as as you said, in in the playground or in like probably not water yeah. cooler sort of thing. What are people going to talk about? Did you see Austin and McMahon? Did you see The Undertaker rescue Stephanie? But you can still have all that. Yeah, but then... Just give us some competitive, interesting storytelling as well. But that's the thing. What what did people want in the Ashley era? Did yeah. they want the story? Did they want the soap opera with a little bit of wrestling and then the payoff at the pay-per-view? Or did they want to... Because, you know, let's let's not look at it in a, in a too much of a bad way. And I know people consume their viewing in a different way now. If you look at the popularity of the product now it's greater than it was but and the in-ring work is so much better yeah but it's incredibly better but for network television and the traditional way that people consume television no one gives a shit yeah because now for example but this week i think a few lulls in if, if that's how we're going to think of it as matches that makes those other bits shine a bit better rather than having constant like look at all the stuff we've got but that was the whole idea it's yeah they wanted to get everyone's favorites on so they could see it sell a bit of merch for all their wrestlers showcase as many top guys as they've got i mean it's painful watching it back it, it is quite bad i thought i was gonna love these shows and it's there's moments that i'm like this is genius this is hilarious or whatever it's it's, it's, it's difficult to sit for 90 minutes and watch this there's times i thought to myself during watching this episode of smackdown i thought god i wish wcw had won <laughs> Wow, that's a statement. Well, because even even do you not remember two thousand WCW? How bad that was. Which is hilarious because they actually. Had, but if you think that the matches we were going to cover, you had God. Flair and Sting for the last time, crowning of cruiserweight tag team champions, 
Booker T versus Steiner opening match you would have had it in a shopping mall with the sudden arrival of Lex Luger that had been newsworthy their matches were even shorter though yeah but that's fine because at least it was funny it's fucking not it was funny because I don't have the warm fuzzy <laughs> feeling with the first ever Nitro but then you would have had Hogan and Goldberg in the main event and all the pomp and yeah. build up to that sure sure you've got to face a returning NWO member oh, just in case you don't do it I won't reveal who it is Cody's dead not Dustin so this is my big point we've kind of touched on it as we've gone through so as a kid uh, I think I was 13 we established right you were 16 yeah okay uh, I thought this feud was to get Austin and Taker over as the main eventers it's not this is all about making triple h the top heel instead of rocky yep and it's, I it's really interesting to didn't me. see it at the time no this you can now you know where they're going what's going to happen this is all this is about like you can see them going that's our man that's the guy yeah it, I, I don't know there was just a point here that i, I realized after watching this thinking about it that that was really why this corporate ministry stuff is happening yeah, they need to give him an engine to become a leader of a group, a breakout star, yeah. and the ability to work the main event thing. So obviously working with Austin or working against Taker when it was ministry. And Vince, who are all over already, yeah. you know. Shane's um, kind of established as this boy wonder heel character. So he doesn't need to get over. He's already yeah. over. You know, Steph even, her character is very over. But I think people legitimately built in, built, bought into some of this storytelling, yeah. you know, even though they're joking about at the beginning of the show and such. But it's it's this is all about Triple H, really. Yeah, I know Rocky is the other guy that we talked about as well. But I think he's already made at this stage. Yeah, he just needs to win the fans' trust, and then, and the more catchphrases he comes out with, as we mentioned earlier, he sings along, everyone chants along to everything in the shows. Yeah, he. It's, you think about the face pops he was getting last year before yeah. Survivor Series before he turned full heel again. He's he's super. Right? He was as over as Austin. Austin then. Yeah, Rustin. Austin <laughs> that couple name <laughs> but again you can see isn't it interesting at this stage where they're building up to be Triple H to be the guy yeah and then you look at the following years mania because they're like we need to have this guy in the main event and you're missing 50% of the main event of this card mm, sure with Austin and, and Taker both being out injured yeah so in fairness to them at the time the in-ring action was crap how anyone ever got injured because they never bloody worked you can see how a lot of these people had drug habits yeah because they just fuck all to do. Yeah, yeah. You're traveling the world, living in hotels. You got what a, a three minute match once a week. You probably got house show matches during the week. What three, four maybe? Yeah. You know, maybe a segment here and there. You're you're working 15 minutes a week, and then the other how many hours you've got to waste? What the fuck else are you gonna do with your time? Sounds like a real in depth work into my actual professional career. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, other notes just quickly about this stuff. I don't know if you've got anything you want to go over. But uh, listen to Conrad talk about this show. Um, there, apparently, there were lots of You Screwed Brett's chants on this show. They were edited off the network version I watched. Yeah, I didn't hear very, any on the network. Very interesting, like rewriting history, you know. Um, I wonder what other bits were edited off of this. I would love to have found an original broadcast, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I, well, cause I think the only original broadcast I could ever find was of the first episode smackdown later on in the year okay cool, with cool. the smackdown fist cool oh, fair enough so um adding smackdown to this roster for wf okay so you've only got a small group of people writing television you've probably got four hours of television now to write potentially a three-hour pay-per-view an hour of heat maybe an hour of shotgun superstars etc is this the moment that the industry significantly changed yes because the content 
available because even if you're looking at the two on Monday night if you DVR'd one and watched the other you're looking at four hours of content for the week Nitro then went to three hours you got to remember we're, we're getting to the end of the Attitude Era here people are starting to lose their patience a little bit yeah you get you get to five hours when Nitro goes to three hours mm. they then had Thunder which was two to start with then went up to two so. and a half yeah they then bring in Smackdown for two God, when you add WCW as well as a fan it's Damn, that's a lot to watch. Yep. Plus, if you had Saturday Night on WCW, if you had, as you said, Velocity, Shotgun, whatever they had on WWE programming, Heat, pay-per-views for both. Mm. And they haven't got like a, a team of LA writers at this point. No, no, this is purely down to whoever they've got, either in WCW who had the book at the time, or they had Vince McMahon, his booking committee. Yeah. Whereas now, if you look at modern time, where you only have one promotion until AEW goes live, three hours of Raw... What will be on Fox in the future? Three hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT, one hour of NXT UK, one hour of 205 Live, which is going to be binned off when they go to the third hour of SmackDown, I'm guessing. Plus everything else they've got going on. They want to have something for everyone. They want to push content on their network. On their network, number one and number two programs are NXT and NXT UK. They're about to lose one of those to USA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I you then, NXT UK. No. <laughs> Not yeah. just yet. <laughs> but that, so then they've only got one piece of original programming that people give a shit about. And I think the Triple H saying that's the number two watch thing on the network might be just to fluff people because of the takeover Cardiff. Well, they're replacing it with Evolve, though. Is Evolve coming on full time? Oh, in, it has to, doesn't but it? Does Evolve, does Evolve have weekly shows? Uh, they will when Triple H goes, here's a fuckload of money. And Gabe goes, thank you, sir. <laughs> Did you see my? <laughs> I'm making a cocksucking motion. If you didn't know, did you see my you thing back in Ring of Honor? <laughs> you can include all the progress guys in that too. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Did you see the match progress just announced? By the way, uh, which one? The tag match. Well, the well, I've already seen the Matt Riddle one. Okay, cool. Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Yeah. Against basically, if you look at this progress card, <laughs> not to rant about, and obviously, I, I, I've been sat here and. Um, because of the Progress Media Group, don't forget to promote loads of stuff about the Progress Show coming up. Progress of a massive show, Alexander Palace. It's massive, yeah. Yeah. Right. Done it. I've met my. <laughs> I've met my obligation. <laughs> Main oh, event. We'll quote that and put it on the like WR <laughs> yeah. podcast. You know. <laughs> Main event thing. We're good at promoting. Watch Progress. It's going to be great. I guess. I, don't know. <laughs> I bought tickets. Loads of mates are now saying I can't come. <laughs> Pay for your fucking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the main event is a WWE guy yep. against the guy who claims he'll never sign for WWE mm-hmm. you've got a tag team match which is two guy NXT guys against two NXT USA guys you've got Jordan Grace who's been in progress and defend her title all over the world but very rarely in London against Miko Satomura which should be very good it's going to be fun and, and, uh, Pete I Dun- like Satomura and Pete Dunne's there and then the rest of their roster's in some fucking President of the United States of America Battle Royal. But remember, they, they used British guys and they were the first guys to do it in London. I don't think we're going to be invited backstage at Ali Pali. I doubt it. <laughs> no, but this is the thing. That, and this, this is the thing. Okay, Jim Small was not there anymore, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, this thing, that in, in, all, in all seriousness, though, about, about wrestling, about WWE, WCW, there is a literal tie round back to the It's all banter, by the way, but yeah, go on, go on. WWE claimed now they're using all of their stars from NXT. No, you're not, because you fucking raided the the indies. Well, not raided, but you gave them a centre to then work out their own kinks to work your style. Yeah. 
And you've now found in the independents, we're saying, oh, everyone's got a really good chance to step up. There's no one good enough to step up at the moment. Mm. Think last time we were at Progress, this time last year, and they were well, ha- well, having the Pete Dunne and Dragunov feud. Yeah. Why the hell Dragunov is not a fucking huge star now yeah. is beyond me because he should have gone over Pete Dunne. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We all, and that's all what we thought was going to happen. And Pete, Pete Dunne win was just like, oh, take the wind out of his sails. Yeah. And this links back to this, what you commented about Triple H. Unless there's some really good fucking master plan going on in some of these indies coming on, no one's willing to build the next star. Yeah. WWE have their mm. chosen guys because we know that they're holding back on Dream. Cold Dream. Yeah, there's a few guys. Yeah. Because you don't need to be a massive six foot two hulking beast Not to nowadays. be no, a top no, no. star in WWE. You need to be able to do it in the ring and out of the ring. Good thing that Eric Rowan's in the main event. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Uh, I feel, um, just on the subject of Dream quickly, I feel that this WrestleMania is going to be his moment. I think they're going to bring him out for something, maybe an IC. Have you seen, because everything for the promos for the games, for for SmackDown and Fox, he's in all the vignettes for it. He's in he all now? the promo stuff. Cool. Because like so the- build him up through the NXT stuff. I don't think put the density belt on him. I don't think he needs it. He doesn't need it. No, not at all. Keep Just, keep it. Keep basically every single bit of Golden Undisputed Era and bring them sure. up as a faction. But they don't need to because they've got two hours on Fox. They don't need to have them come up. <laughs> now we've shut all over NXT in progress and stuff. Now, what do you think about the ratings for this SmackDown show? We've got three sets, remember? So what's your overall normal rating for this show as the same we rate every other podcast? Two cornflakes. I'm giving this one. I'm giving it to purely because, as you said, seeing it as the vehicle for Triple H yeah. and the the backstage brawl when Billy Gunn attacked Xbox because it's you've got the turns, you've got some cogs going, everything's changing direction a little bit. That was well done. But the rest of the show and the commentary... Mm. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, great backstage interviewer. There's not a single match to write home about. It's not a single match. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that, Definitely. Um, the feuds that are here, I feel like they didn't give enough precedent to. Um, it's it's a big moment having the corporate ministry form, and I feel like they just went, eh, there it is. Yeah, you know, there's 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 feuds, there's some stuff building, but nothing that's a payoff, nothing that has much history built into it. Really, you know, it's, it felt very just whitewashed. But this was the reason. So, are some people? nicely have messaged me and said why have you done chapter two basically being the next day why are you going for a progressive part of the storyline well it's because the formation of the corporate ministry should have been huge yeah but it wasn't. It, it's a first episode of smackdown too it's a significant moment throw away content and this is the main storyline going into this massive debut on this new network the 2019 storyline was the corporate ministry and mm. the corporation and austin and rock yeah. and you've got one of the biggest turning points that would be like when WCW and ECW merged and the invasion angle just putting it down as like segment two going oh alright Shane oh hi Paul how you doing yeah not too bad you've got the ECW thing going well Stephanie bought it but yeah I'm, I'm around yeah me too do you want to <laughs> do you want to do something together yeah let's have a chat off camera I, Austin's going to join you as well there, just put him in there you go you know it'd be terrible yeah. Um, could we do Where's a, the drama? Could we do a song thing it's where it seems like we're the wind beneath his wings? <laughs> could we do that? Okay, right. Well, let's get on to the segment three. We've got fucking Bastion Booger going one-on-one with Bob Sparky Plug. It's such Thurman a cool moment. Plug. It's, as a kid, I remember this being such a great moment. And I don't remember this at all. I don't remember the moment. 
No. When they, when Shane comes out and starts to cut his promo, I was like, oh, they're going to set up for later in the evening. And then Taker comes out and the rest of the ministry come out. And you're like, they already did it. What? I was genuinely just like, oh, fuck. That's why I'm watching this 90 minutes. And it makes me you think, the re- another reason why I picked this is, so, I don't think I've ever seen this SmackDown. Because I think I only saw highlights of it on the next Raw, of the ministry form- forming the corporation. Because I don't think this huh. was on Sky. I don't think there was anything on UK television that we saw. I don't remember watching it. But then again, it's 20 odd years ago. But over 20 years ago. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> but th- so in terms of progressing the ministry. Well, we've, we've weeded out the brood and we've weeded out the main eventers from the corporation yeah. to form Triple H's push engine. It's kind of made the ministry less important. Yes. Because the- you've got Triple H there now as well. The whole so you don't need Bradshaw or Farouk or Viscera or Midian. They're the, just they've become really supplementary to the storyline. Yeah, the Ministry of Darkness took a massive downturn in importance, and the whole group it was insignificant after this SmackDown show. Yeah. So uh, out of five, still two. I'm going two. Yeah, because it's not as terrific as the show in general. Yeah. The whole the whole ministry side of things is still a two because it's a case of all oh, that's something different mm. and knowing where we're going. I mean, who knows what happens in chapter three, but we could be seeing an empty box of cornflakes <laughs> at the end of this. And in terms of Cornette Media, I thought this was less bad than Raw. This is less bad than Raw because clearly they're making an effort. <laughs> yeah. So it's about in the middle as well. It's really mediocre, this episode, isn't it? This is how I can would consider WWE TV to be now. It's cookie cutter. You could replace any of the other wrestlers in the mid card or the openers with any other wrestler in the mid card and the openers and get the same result. You know what this SmackDown needed? A third hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the money's right on Fox, I know a guy who can make it happen. Good thing that brand split's ended. Do you know how much I was looking forward to doing this storyline? I mean, I could tell how much you were dreading to do the WCW storyline. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to watch WCW again. I was I was bad the first time. But I, I'm really hoping episode three has something of some sort of significance in it. I worry I've killed a uh, a childhood memory of enjoyment. So essentially, without wishing to spoil it, we're relying on Vince to rescue this storyline. Who? The Blue Blazer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I tell you what, that's a saving grace, seeing Owen yeah. and being just brilliant. Who? Owen? What? Even at the, with all this crap going on, Owen stands out. Yeah. You know, he's, he's fucking great. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Well, cu- uh, tune in for next week for episode three or chapter three of this trilogy of the Ministry of Wankiness. <laughs> okay. So worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find everything. World of Rest Pod on Twitter is the best place to get in contact with us. We're going to put up some ratings and stuff. And I just uploaded eight gifts to my personal Twitter from the New Japan G1. So go check out those lariats. Uh, Fanboy Rich on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at the Tex Williams on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I've got shows coming up on 22nd of September for SEPW, 1st of November for Wrestling 4, maybe a Halloween show coming up on the 20th of October, but we'll keep you posted. Just follow the social media accounts for that. And again, um, if you have any views on the Ministry of Darkness, as we kill another childhood dream of yours as we break it down and ruin it, let us know what you think. As Richard at World Rest Pod, Vote on the ratings. Um, the next trilogy will come up within a couple of weeks for people to start voting on. Cool. 
and I guarantee you they'll be absolute shitters. We're not doing WCW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy a t-shirt on Amazon. Go to Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk. Search World of Wrestling Podcast. You will find our awesome CM Punk spoof t-shirt. Trust me. As a quick side, did you see any of his interview on um, at Starcast 3? I watched the whole thing. How did you find him? Eh, it's boring. Yeah. The first minute was interesting, and it was just like all the same stuff I've heard from Punk for years. I think he's an obnoxious arsehole, to be totally honest. I don't really want him involved with AEW. But, you know, if he gets that job at Fox... <laughs> uh, him doing commentary on WWE stuff post-event will be fucking hilarious. Him saying, I could potentially go back to WF one day, I would have a conversation with them, made me be like, call yourself a punk. You know, <laughs> fucking sell out. Yeah, Even but, considering it, I'm like, fuck off. No, but, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Go away. All that MMA training, pretty expensive. <laughs> For someone who could retire, he's like, bloody hell, AJ's got a pretty expensive taste. We've had to, I've had to buy 12 million of her book to make her a better. He had some funny lines about getting beat up and stuff. You know, yeah. He had some moments, but he's one of my all-time favorites on the microphone. His, his matches in ROH, Jesus Christ, I watched some of the stuff with Joe and with... And Hero. Yeah, like a few of those matches recently, like the, highlights. Like, oh my God, he was doing spots like the, the Pepsi Twist. Yeah. Like, where he puts the arm behind the back and does a lariat and stuff. Like, why did he stop doing that? Triple H. Oh, maybe. Anyway, I sat that's down. That's Pepsi Plunge. Oh, thinking. sorry. I um, I sat down, just to finish briefly, I had a, I've been on holiday this week, so I treated myself oh, nice. on Monday, and I watched the 90-minute Broadway between Punk and Hero. Cool. But Chris Hero, as Chris Hero put with Cesaro, tag them together. Best thing in the world. Bye. Brilliant. Bye, everybody. Take care.